This is part eight of Ephesians 5, 8 to 14, and I believe it is our final part on this unit. So we're going to focus on this last phrase here. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's read it in context. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not share in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And all things exposed by the light are manifest. For all that is manifested is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Father, as we try to understand the logic here and the meaning and the amazing point of how we speak to dead people, sleeping people, spiritually unresponsive people, not only show us the meaning of this text and how to do it, but make us mighty in our God-given capacity to raise the spiritually dead. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I mentioned last time how puzzled I am by this statement here, and I'll just show again the possibilities and which way I'm leaning, but I'm still somewhat perplexed. All things exposed by the light are manifest. All things that uh, by your life and your word you show to be wrong, things that they're doing in secret, the things that they do in secret, you expose them, they are manifest. Okay, got that. For all that is manifested in that way is light. So this all here is neuter in Greek. This things is neuter, things that they do in secret. So this for all that is manifested sounds like the things that have just been exposed. So it sounds like that's the flow. But if so, this seems like an overstatement and at least perplexing to say, how could all the wicked things that are shown to be wrong and thus brought to light be light? So maybe the all here, though it's neuter, is moving toward these people here, the sleeper, the dead, on whom Christ shines. And the statement is not so much that all these bad things which are exposed and thus manifested are light, but rather when that manifestation is full and complete and true in the person who is doing these things, this is what happens. A couple of pointers in that regard. The phrase is light 
is very close to that statement, right? One time you were darkness, but now you are light. So this is people. This is not things. You were darkness. You are light. And now he returns, it seems, and says, are, is, light, light. Is, light. So this triggers in us this phrase and makes us wonder, okay, maybe the all here is not merely the things, neuter, but the people, because this is people. Here's a second observation that points in that direction, namely the therefore here. This for connects the all here, it seems like, giving a reason for why all these bad things that get exposed are manifested, for all that is manifested is light. However, the therefore here connects this all forward, right? Goes this direction. Therefore, it says, now let me pause here and say a word about it. Nobody knows what this refers to. That is, nobody knows where this quote comes from. Some people try to make it a um, combination of some themes from the Old Testament, and that's perfectly legitimate, that there are texts in the Old Testament that suggests this is what we ought to say to people who are unbelieving, or maybe uh, there's a document we don't have, or maybe uh, it was a common oral a saying in the early church. No, nobody really knows. And it's not of the essence for the meaning. What matters is that the therefore connects this. Because of this, because all that is manifested is light, that's why we talk this way. That's why we say to sleepers and to dead people, wake up. Rise up, Christ will shine on you. Now, how does that work? I mean, how does that therefore make any sense? What in this is explaining how that can be a therefore? And here's, here's my suggestion. We're talking here now about spiritual sleepers and spiritually dead. Remember from chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 4. God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, spiritually sleeping, unconscious to spiritual reality, dead to righteousness, dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So that's the kind of thing he's talking about here. The sleepers and the dead are spiritually dead people. And the huge question is, okay, if you marry to one of those, or if you have a son like that, or if you have a father like that, or you have a friend or a neighbor or a roommate like that, what do you say to them? Is there any point even talking to dead people, spiritually dead people? And, and the answer of the Bible is absolutely it is necessary to talk to dead people. That's how they come alive. This is hugely important for evangelism. 
and for caring about people that are around us who are spiritually impervious to the gospel. You don't ignore them. You don't cease speaking to them. So you say, wake up, rise from the dead. And then this. Now, this is not, I don't think, result. It's not like, oh, you wake yourself up and you raise yourself from the dead. Then Christ kicks in with his sovereign activity. This and here doesn't imply that. This happens, and this happens, and this happens, and there's no statement about one happening after the other. This is what happens in this waking and this rising. So here's my little, here's my little person who has now been waked up. Woo, I just woke up from the spiritual sleep of death. And Christ, like a sun here, this is the sunshine. It says, doesn't shine on your path. So he's, he's getting ready to walk this way. <laughs> I don't know how to draw. So he's about to walk this way. It does not say, wake up, sleeper. Christ will shine on your path and show you how to walk. That's what a lot of religions say. God shows you how to walk and you can walk yourself to heaven. That's not what shine on you means. It says, forget, you know, forget that arrow, bad arrow. This is the arrow, shines on you. And what happens when it shines on you? It brightens your face and you become light. That's the connection I see. All that is manifested is light. Therefore, it says, wake up. Christ shines on people who wake up. He turns them into light. You were darkness. Now you are light because the sun is shining on you, making you the light of the world. Okay, so that's the connection as best as I can discern it, even though I think this phrase right here remains to me somewhat puzzling, and I ask you to take it further, and I just close with this question. For those who try to be smarter than the Bible and say, well, if according to Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, we are really dead in our trespasses, and it's really God who makes us alive, then personal evangelism that says things like, wake up, I love you. Rise from the dead, I love you. I don't want you to perish. I'm talking about looking your roommate right in the face, looking your child right in the face, looking the person you care about right in the face and saying, look, I know that the Bible teaches that you are spiritually right now insensitive to and unable to see the beauty of Christ. And I'm pleading with you, wake up. I'm pleading with you, rise from the dead. And when you say that, you're, you preach the gospel to them. Now, here's, here's an example. This is Acts 26, 17 and 18. Paul uh, is being spoken to by Jesus as he sends him on his ministry. As an apostle, I am sending you to the Gentiles 
to open their eyes. Now that's the miracle of waking from sleep, rising from the dead, and he's sending you, a finite, fallible, sinful human apostle, to do this miracle, which only God can do. Yes, that's all of us, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. This is what happens when people share the gospel and say to others, wake up, I love you. Rise from the dead. I want you to be my brother, my sister, and live with me forever. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So I think that these words here are intended as an example for the way we are to speak in God's name to people like this from chapter 2. We do not infer from God's sovereign power to raise the dead that we have no hand in it. We are his instruments. And when you lean over a person who's asleep and say, wake up, they wake up, and your voice is an instrument in waking them up. And that's true spiritually as well as physically. And when God blesses our words, wake and rise, what happens in and through those words is that Christ shines on them. Or to say it another way from 2 Corinthians 4, God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ, by God's word, shines in our hearts, and we, by his shining, become light. We are light. Our nature is new because of this resurrection that happened through the speaking of human beings. Wake up. Arise.